Imagine you wake up and you leave your New York City apartment and everyone is gone. Like the like a zombie world. apocalypse. <laughs> yes. And like there's like tumbleweeds, right? That are yeah. just like somehow suddenly in the city. And you're like, oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> what? Where is everybody? And there's just like this person who's like bruised and battered and just was like, they all went to meet the Mets. And you turn like on the, the news and the, and, this, and the anchor is like, we have a travesty here. 8.5 million people has descended on City Field. <laughs> it's pandemonium. It's chaos. People have been trampled. They're so excited to meet the Mets. Hello and welcome to the Lyric Boys podcast. I am Lucian Flores and with me, as always, is Andrew Stieglitz, my favorite slugger in the world. Isn't that right? Shucks, you flatter me so, Lucian. So, this podcast is generally one where me and Andrew pick 10... Well, we pick one of our favorite bands or musicians and we pick 10 of their craziest, wildest, most absurd most insane lyrics and we talk about them we kind of loosely dissect them and and we have a good time we 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 turn those lyrics into laughs baby but this extra special episode is different because we're not talking about a band we're talking about the sport of baseball andrew what do you know of baseball i have never heard of baseball before can you please explain a little bit about what this so-called sport you say is great question andrew so the wikipedia description of baseball is that baseball <laughs> is a bat and ball game played between two opposing teams who take turn batting and fielding does that answer your question what does a ball all right so let's be real for a second a couple days oh, ago God, i'm so sorry let's get real couple days ago is opening day all right that's when the major league baseball season opens if you're an international listener that's like the the baseball league in the u.s okay and canada there's one canadian team and that league opened the (laughs) the opening day was a couple days ago right so spring is in the air the smell of cracker jacks is in the air the grunting of gigantic large first basemen smacking home runs is in the air everything is in the air are you hyped for this baseball season Hell yeah. We mentioned in a previous episode, too, that uh, baseball players tend to have really big butts. Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate on that? Uh, it's a stereotype that uh, first basemen have big butts. Everybody knows that, oh, Specifically right? first basemen. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Or DH, okay. Nice. All right, so, good. I like that. That's, that's a good fact. Baseball is a classic American game. I was looking, like, we'll talk about it more, but just, like, it's a, it's just the sport of our country, right? Would you agree? Maybe football's obviously overtaken it, but like, yeah, football has has definitely overtaken it in recent years. But uh, baseball, they 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 call it the great American pastime. Yeah. All right, let's jump into these lyrics. And so this episode is going to be a little bit interesting because we're not just. I kind of pulled like longer lyrics than I normally do. Normally in an episode, like people, we give a good description of the band and like. We pull just like a little lyric from a song, but for this one, like, because these are baseball songs and they're all ridiculous, I kind of pulled a little bit more. So my first baseball lyric comes from the classic song, Take Me Out to the Ball Game, 
Have you heard of Take Me Out to the Ball Game? I have. Uh, from what I understand, that's a pretty quick song. Am I am I wrong about that? It's a classic baseball song. I don't even have to look at look at the lyrics. Right? It's Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Take Me Out to the Crowd. Buy me some buy peanuts me some and, peanuts and Cracker Jacks. Jacks. I don't care if I ever go home because it's root 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 for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. Because one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. Boom. All right. That's not the lyric I pulled. What I found was the original version of Take Me Out to the Ball Game. What? So the song... I didn't... I wasn't aware that there was uh, more to it. So there's two... There's a couple of versions before the famous one. And there's a prelude lyric that comes out before Take Me Out to the Ball Game. That comes before it. So someone is saying Take Me Out to the Ball Game. That's what's so interesting. So Take Me Out to the Ball Game was originally written in 1908 by this dude, Jack... Norworth, Norworth, and he was taking a train ride to Manhattan and he wrote this on some scrap paper. So what a genius. The original lyrics are Katie Casey was baseball mad, had the fever and had it bad just to root for the hometown crew. Every so Katie blew on a Saturday, her young boo called to see if she'd like to go to see a show. But Miss Kate said, no, I'll tell you what you can do. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. I don't care if I never get back. And then the rest of it is relatively the same. And then there's a later part where Katie Casey saw all the games, knew the players by their first names, told the umpire he was wrong, and just all this stuff. She just, she loves, loves it. So what is funny to me about this is it changes the dynamic of the song to me. Mm -hmm. It's no Mm -hmm. longer we're all collectively wanting to be taken out to the ballgame and just left there for all of eternity because we don't give a shit if we never come back. But it's Katie Casey, this addictive baseball mad person who's got this fever and has it bad. And her boo is just desperate to get some culture in her life. Her boo is like, please can we go to a show? I think it's Bo. Bo, okay. B-E-A-U. Yep. Her bow is like, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, graduated um, the top. The you graduated top. ahead of me. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I, and she just refuses to do anything. She's an addict. Okay. And she's just like, I just love the idea that the, her boyfriend is like, can we go see a show? And she says, no, I'll tell you what you can do. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Yeah, I don't know uh, if I could, you know, I, I'm i trying to think, like, could could you be with this person? Because here's the thing. So she says, uh, take me out to the ball game, right? And then she saw, it says Katie Casey saw the players. She knew, or she saw all the games. She knew all the players by their first name. She told the umpire he was wrong all along good and strong. So yeah. she's one of these people at a game who's just screaming her head off, yeah. telling the ump that he's wrong, uh, like getting belligerently drunk. I'm picturing her just demanding more beer and, and the pe- the bartenders are like, ma'am, your picture's up on the wall because you're here every day that there's a game and some days when there's not demanding alcohol from us. And I feel like the young Bo is like, I'm a little intimidated. A little, little it's intimidated. a little scary. Yeah. It's, so I originally was just going to pick the lyric. I don't care if I never get back. Cause that to me is funny about taking me out to the ball game. You know, that always did stand out to me. Yeah. 
there's just something so like Sisyphusian about that, right? Like the I- wow, okay, <laughs> making up for it. <laughs> so like, imagine like, okay, we're Mets fans. They're historically not a great franchise. There's something about just like willing this team to like win, who's not going to win, but being there for all of eternity. And then there's the cyclical nature of sports, right? You may win one season, and the next season you're bad, and then it just never ending. So this woman is clearly baseball mad. She's she's wild for the sport. And she just does not care. Like she, her, she got fired from her job. Like her family members are all just getting old and dying. She's still staying <laughs> at the baseball game her whole life. Katie, you missed your father's funeral. She's like, the Mets were playing, and they're like, it was like an, a June game. Like it wasn't that relevant. Like you could have missed one like yeah. mid-season game. They play like eighty. How many games are there? Eighty-six. 162 games. Oh, but oh, there's Jesus. half of that um, home game, so 81. Yeah, like you you could miss one. She's <laughs> well, like, it's... I don't care. Also, well, here's the thing. So you are coming at it from uh, a Greek philosoph- mythological and philosophical perspective. And I'm here, <laughs> and I'm here thinking, like, what would prevent her from going home? Like a tornado maybe, maybe struck the field? She does not care. She just got so drunk, she died at the baseball game, and her body is just under the bleachers, and nobody's seen her for weeks. So the the guy who wrote the song then wrote another version in 1927, and this will be very fast, but that one starts similarly, but it's this, instead of Katie Casey, it's now Nellie Kelly. So we're getting crazy names. So Nellie Kelly, whatever, loves baseball. a real poet. Yeah. Shouts hurrah whenever they play, or great. So her boy, her boyfriend by by the name of Joe said, "To Coney Island, dear, let's go." Then Nellie started to fret and pout, and to him I heard her shout, "Take me out to the ball game! Take me out to the crowd!" So this is a more aggressive version, which is this is so aggressive. This is a demanding, like really, and and he's like, "Listen, I love baseball. I'm a huge Mets fan. I can't, I can't." I want to do something with you that's not just... I need to do something else with my life, okay? Mm-hmm. I have I have ambitions. I have goals. <laughs> I have dreams. And you're here making me miss work, making me quit my job just to go to some Tuesday afternoon baseball game? I love the idea that's like... She's in therapy and the therapist's like, well, what do you want in life? She's just like, I just want to be taken out to the ball game. I want to be taken out to the crowd. And she puts her hands out like that. She's like, take me there now. <laughs> but it is like, this is a very aggressive version. He wants to go to Coney Island. Joe wants to go to Coney Island in the 1920s when it was fucking top of the world. Beautiful place to go. Amusement parks. Very fun. And she's frets and she pouts. And then she shouts, take me out to the ballgame. Imagine if you're the neighbor next door and you hear this. You hear this woman just berating her boyfriend, (laughs) shouting to be taken out to the ballgame to be bought peanuts and Cracker Jacks. And you're just like, what is in it for this person? (laughs) It's like the same. We can't even change up the snacks that I get you. Like, I can't even buy you a hot dog. It has to be peanuts and Cracker Jacks. You need help. Yeah. So that's that's my first baseball lyric. Uh, That really does change the dynamic of that song. It does. It does. It's also one of those songs that, like, one of the first songs I probably ever knew the lyrics to. Yeah, that that makes sense. 
It's just, okay, an, quick, it's just quick an American memory. memory. It's going to be a long episode, but one of my favorite baseball memories, and I know this is true for you too, is this one time in 2014, we were in college in Los Angeles doing a semester in Los Angeles, and we bought tickets to a, to a Dodgers Arizona Diamondbacks game. And you weren't in this car ride, but basically it was like a car of six grown college men hyped to go to this Dodgers game. And we get in this car and we're just like annoying our one of our friends by singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game really loudly like the whole way. Sam. I'm guessing it's yeah, Sam. It was, <laughs> at one point we hit a bump and someone hit their head on the ceiling. It's just a comical time. And we get to the ball game and no one's there. And we're just like, what the hell happened? And it turns out we all went a week early. <laughs> and we just like, we all carpooled and we were hyped. And then we show up at the stadium and we're like, I cannot believe six college educated boys all did not Showed up on the wrong day. <laughs> that we went on the wrong game. Yeah. And I just remember the car ride back, uh, was uh very funny because it was just everyone blaming each other being like lucian you were the one who set the event up but it's like (laughs) i sent you the tickets to print it and it's like how did none of us realize this i'm glad i wasn't in that car to be honest no but you drove to that game right i was about to i was i was on the way i was actually on the way i was in i was i was in my own car yeah and uh i got a text that said turn around Just and one of the like, most like deflating moments of my life. <laughs> well, sir, you got a good life then. Yeah. Anyway, give me your first baseball lyric. Sluggy. So my first baseball lyric uh, is as much a baseball lyric as it is a Bible lesson. Okay. <laughs> You've had me hooked. My two favorite B's, <laughs> baseball and Bible. <laughs> You know, if there's anything more American than baseball, it is the Bible. That's right. And uh, especially because they found a third uh, whole testament in Utah. Did they really? They seem to be finding new ones every day, don't they? (laughs) (laughs) My first lyric is from the song The First Baseball Game by Nat King Cole, a a, a famous... uh, crooner if you will can we, can we do we call him that does he croon you can call him that just if you don't know the word you're gonna be like what i don't really does that mean? i know that frank sinatra is a crooner right so is nat king cole a crooner <laughs> he could be right a, a, crooner, a crooner is just someone who like does like kind of sad or like i picture crooner music. as like like in a like, lounge a smoky lounge yeah i'm also like, picturing baby. like they come out of hibernation at christmas time and like their songs are played at Christmas and they're like, have a holly jolly Christmas. Right. So that's like Nat King Cole to me. And uh, so the song is okay, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that's my definition of a crooner. Uh, okay. The song is the first baseball game. Okay. Uh, and the lyric is my sermon today said the Reverend Jones is baseball and whence it came. If you take the good book and take a good look, You'll find the first baseball game. It says Eve stole first and Adam second. Solomon umpired the game. <laughs> Rebecca went to the well. Rebecca went to the well with the pitcher 
and Ruth in the field made a name. Goliath was struck out by David, a base hit made by Abel, made on Abel by Cain. And the prodigal son made a great home run, <laughs> and Noah gave checks out for rain. Wow, Noah <laughs> gave a rain checks out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's Noah's job is just to give rain checks. So there's a lot here. There's so much yeah. going on. Uh, something tells me that this pastor, this priest, whatever you want to call him, this reverend, uh, doesn't maybe doesn't know the Bible. Maybe isn't super aware that uh, I don't I I don't know too much about the Bible, but I don't think any of these people were like in this even in the same like time period or books like they're scattered throughout right and well they also uh, weren't all on one superstar baseball team let's get that clear (laughs) okay there isn't like a a chapter of the bible testament that's like everyone mentioned just fucking like rakes (laughs) in the field and like hits home runs and 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 hits dingers dingers. yeah yeah Uh, I feel like there's like another <laughs> testament out there. This is the lost chat. This is what they found. They found a yeah. new testament, and uh, it just describes this insane baseball game. Like you thought you were watching an all-star game. No, no, no. Fucking David and Goliath actually played baseball. It's like, how is anyone going to hit Jesus? You know, <laughs> there's <laughs> Jesus. like a wicked slider. Jesus so. just like <laughs> the pitch comes to him, and he just stops it and throws it out the park. <laughs> One thing that also just like clear to me in this is like to me this is like religion like I'm imagining a boardroom of Christianity okay let's just imagine a a Christianity boardroom in Nat King Cole's day and they're like all right guys it's all filled with smoke and they're like what's hit with the kids these days and like baseball all right Nat King Cole here you go here's a song about baseball and Nat King Cole's like I can't sing this this makes no fucking sense they're like you have to (laughs) sing it um, like the modern day version of this would be like Jesus uh, slayed on TikTok and David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The modern day version is, uh, yeah, uh, Jesus got a headshot kill in Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, uh, David got canceled on Twitter. Dave, no, no, Goliath did. <laughs> Goliath got David canceled on canceled. David canceled David Goliath. <laughs> And uh, Rebecca and Ruth slayed all night because they are our queens. Queens. Yes. What yeah, I feel like maybe this, uh, this reverend probably got fired after the sermon because all the kids were like, wow, did that really happen? And all the parents had to be like, uh, no. It's like the pastor who pulls up a chair and sits on it backwards next to him. Yeah. It's like, hey, so uh, you want to hear about a cool cat named Jesus? He could yeah. turn water into wine. And you're like, oh, man, this guy sounds like a party animal. Tell me more. And you're like, well, Jesus, um, you see he was crucified. <laughs> and you're like, all right. Yeah. Okay, that, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like the one problem kid. He gets sent to the reverend's office to be disciplined. And the reverend's like... Son, what are you into? And he's like, I like baseball. And he's like, well, did you know the Bible had the best baseball game ever? And he's really into it. And then he goes home and he's like, I like the Bible now. And the parents are like, listen, uh, the Reverend lied to you. That's nowhere so, in the Bible. There were a bunch of baseball songs that use baseball as sex analogies, but to make a biblical analogy, that is impressive. 
Okay. It's a uh, pretty. Uh, it's one eighty. Ladies and gentlemen, I just had some chicken nuggets. So if it sounds like we cut, it's because I had some chicken nuggets. They were good. Hell yeah. Great transition into my second lyric. And my second lyric comes from a song by this artist named Del Reeves. And it's called the Philadelphia Phillies. I don't know who Del Reeves is at all, but I guess he's just like a singer dude. I don't know. I sent you the song and you were you were jiving to it though. But I guess Yeah, it's cool. Country style singer. So this song is the Philadelphia Phillies, but honeys, here's what you gotta know. It's Philly spelled F I L L I E S. So that's not the baseball team. The baseball team is P H I L L I E S. So what is the meaning of Phillies with an F? Well, I'm glad you asked, Andrew. So a fee, a Philly is a, a young female horse. But okay, also I did not know that. Colloquially, is a lively woman. Apparently, is a filly, according to the internet. Okay, That's like, like googling. That was the first result. I'm learning so, a lot right now. Yeah, I feel like this is a great episode to just learn about like old words and things, you know, or <laughs> just like the. So this song is called "The Philadelphia Phillies," and so. I'm just going to say a bunch of the lyrics. This is very funny, but I have one at the end that's very funny to me. But the opening lyric is, well, I'm sitting here thinking about those Philadelphia Phillies. And some may think I'm talking about baseball, but I'm talking about the ones that wear them dresses on so pretty and the way they swing should be against the law. There's a lot of dangerous curves in that beautiful city. Oh, but you'll never see no warning sides. And if you want to get right down to the nitty gritty, you can bat a thousand every time. Uh, I feel like this guy in 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 our Frank Sinatra episode. Yeah, we mentioned how Frank Sinatra uh, was like afraid to uh, be aroused or enticed by a woman because it meant mm-hmm. he was. Uh, like a heathen. Okay. And uh, I think that Del Reeves here is another one of these guys who is just like, which okay, you wear them dresses way. so pretty. It should be. He says, okay, oh, like should be the cool. way they swing should be against the law. There's a lot of dangerous curves in that beautiful city, but you'll never <laughs> see no warning signs. He's literally just like, lock them up. Those scantily clad women. I see that vibe, but I also get the sense of like a very horny older man who's like, well, yes, yeah, being yeah, yeah, clever in some way. But everyone's just yeah. like, all right, Del Reeves, like, you're creeping me out by just making a lot of baseball puns. So, yeah, I love that he the opening lyric is, "Well, I'm gonna sit in here thinking about those Philadelphia Phillies, and some may think I'm talking about baseball. Most people think you're talking about baseball when you say you're thinking about <laughs> the Philadelphia Phillies. All right." <laughs> But for him to be like, I'm not talking about the Philadelphia Phillies. I'm talking about some Philadelphia Phillies, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Nobody knows what you mean. I mean, I guess we we're educated now. I don't know where. Uh, I don't know why. Why are they called? Why are like women called Phillies? I don't know. I didn't Google that much. Okay. <laughs> In the way oh. that like British people call women birds, which is like yeah. 
random if you're not british you're like birds um you mean those things that chirp <laughs> in the trees because <laughs> i ain't never seen them, a woman chirping no trees i guess chicks oh is yeah like a similar look at thing. that yeah huh. anyway so there's a later lyric which is just a bunch of baseball puns and to end the song and it's there's some nice looking twins up in minnesota and nice. atlanta's got a brave girl or two Check. And there's some nice looking legs in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. But Philadelphia, I'm coming back to you. So this was the most confusing part of the song to me. Because yes, the Minnesota Twins are a baseball team. And this guy yeah. likes the Twins up in Minnesota. Once again, horny old man. He also likes the brave girls in Atlanta. So mm-hmm. once again. And he talks about cuddling cubbies in Chicago and, and meeting Yankees in New York. So he's just like meeting... All these women that represent their respective baseball teams, I guess. But what about Cincinnati has the Cincinnati Reds has to do with nice looking legs? I I, I don't know. He's just like, I'm going to put it all out there. Like girls in Cincinnati, they got the legs. I get there's no pun. It reminds me of the Beach Boys song, uh, California Girls, where he just talks about girls from all over the world. And he's like, the East Coast girls, uh, they got this. But the Midwestern girls, the Farmer's Daughter girls, it's just like this guy has <laughs> gone around the U.S. with a checklist and a lab coat. Yeah. Being, like, since and also they do that life. American thing of being like, all over the world, the East Coast and the West Coast. So one thing I was wondering, so the Cincinnati Reds, of course, are named red because they used to wear red socks, the red stockings, just like the red socks and the white socks are named for the color of socks they wear, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if maybe there's nice looking legs has to deal with the socks. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I'm done thinking. Give me your second lyric. Horny old men. What are you gonna do about him? My Delightful second lyric. song though, right? Delightful song. Like yeah, it's it's like it's a nice tune. It's got some nice tunage. Uh, yeah, so my second lyric uh, is a little bit of baseball history in this second lyric. Mm. It's from a band from Boston called the Dropkick Murphys. And they're like, you know, they're like sort of like an Irish style like punk band that yes. has like very yelly type lyrics of just like everybody rallying around the city of Boston. Very big in Boston. I remember... Yeah. Going to school at Boston and Dropkick Murphy Central over there. Yes. And so this song is called Tessie. And the lyric the lyrics are The Rooters showed up at the grounds one day. They found their seats had all been sold. Mm-hmm. McGreevy led the charge into the park, stormed the gates, and put the game on hold. The Rooters gave the other team a dreadful fright. Boston's tenth man could not be wrong. Up from third base to Huntington, they'd sing another victory song. So talk about lore. Like we, we, I like a, a good lore, right? In in sports, I I know you are a big fan of baseball lore, right? The names in baseball lore that come up in songs, I'm just like, well, in love with yet them all. so so. Did you know that the Rooters were a fan club for the early days of the Red Sox? Mm, I did not know that. <laughs> and McGreevy owned a bar uh by uh fenway park okay and one day so this song is about one day the rooters the this this fan club their seats were taken 
by another group of people. So they started oh, yeah. this huge fight, and oh, McGreevy yeah. came out and like was punching people in the face. And they called them. They called the Rooters Boston's tenth man because they acted okay. like the tenth man on the field because yes. they were so loud. Okay. I just what a Boston what a Boston story. That's just the most Boston thing. The Red Sox just, fans got angry, and then a bartender started fighting with them. Yes, <laughs> that's that's the story. <laughs> Very the Red Sox fans got angry, and you know this song. It's timeless. It could take place in 1908. Oh, yeah. It could take place yesterday. Like mm-hmm. there is no, there's no indication that this is that the Rooters are an old timey Red Sox fan club. Like you could have a bunch of like Davey down at the bar going to fucking Fenway Park, He's got his fucking seat stolen by these some other fucking schmucks, and uh, McGreevy came out. We uh, had a big fucking brawl. Oh yeah, I mean, like many people, they have burned down cars after world series wins and losses i remember getting a tour of bu and the tour guide was like don't go near fenway when there's a yankee red sox game you'll you'll they'll they'll hurt you and i was like what who how paranoid do you have to be to just be like it's a bad area don't do it um baseball lore is great like we'll talk about it more when we when we do other songs but like there's so many like because baseball is one of those like hockey and football and, and basketball like they weren't as big as baseball for the beginning half of the 20th century mm-hmm. so like those early baseball players like your babe ruths were just legends you know like so there's like 18 i think he probably pulled one there's so many songs i found about joe dimaggio it's like these guys were larger than life you know like and then some of the older names are so funny to me like Cap Anderson or like Cy Young or Shoeless Joe Jackson and like Shoeless Wagner. It's yeah. like yeah. early baseball names are iconic. They're so fun. Whitey Ford. Mm. Like I love them. I love them yeah. so much. Like it's just they're great. They're all icons in their sport. Yeah. I love I love a good lore. I know you love a good lore. And that's why I picked that lyric. It's not very funny, even though it is kind of funny because it could be timeless. Uh, but it's good lore. There's there's a guy I just looked up best baseball names. There's a guy named Boot Boots Poffenberger, <laughs> and that's number forty on this list of baseball names. So you what's know, the, please, what's number one? What's number one? Number thirty nine is Pretzel Pazulu. Pretzel. These are real names or like given names? These are real names. Number like one is Oil Can Boyd. That's not oh, but this real. is in the 80s. I've heard of Oil Can Boyd. That's not his real name, though. That's a real name. His his mother did not name him Oil Can. He named him Oil Can, baby. <laughs> no, no, no. That, uh, no, there's no fucking way this is a nickname. beautiful baby shoots out <laughs> of his mother's womb. And she looks at them and goes, oil can. Another name in this What's list from name? the 1800s, oil can Boyd. Another name in this list from this 1800s is Cannonball Titcomb. <laughs> okay, so oil can Boyd's real name is Dennis Ray. All right, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> let's continue. Okay, what's your third lyric? My third lyric comes from the song Right Field by Peter, Paul, and Mary. So Peter and Paul and Mary, I don't really know much about. I'm just 
making this up as I go. I believe they're a sixties band, the kind of like folksy band. Am I right on or wrong yeah. on that? Yeah. Two two men and a woman and they sing yeah. with acoustic guitars. Yeah. Yeah. So this song is called Right Field and it's kind of cute. It's like a nice song. I, it, the whole theme of the song is basically, well, I'll just sing the opening lyric or say the opening lyric. Okay. Saturday summers when I was a kid, we'd run to the schoolyard and here's what we did. We'd pick out the captains and we'd choose up the teams. It was always a measure of my self-esteem because the fastest, the strongest played shortstop in first. The last ones they picked were the worst. I never needed to ask. It was sealed. I just took up my place in right field. Love that. So much fun. If you don't understand baseball at all, just like right field is traditionally like, I guess the position you do the least in is the the ball gets hit the like least amount to right field. So you put your worst player in right field. And... I just love that this kid knows. You know, he's like, oh, we're going to go play baseball. All my friends are going to get picked before me because I'm awful, but I'm just like here and happy. Interesting. I was awful. Uh, and when I was awful, I wasn't super happy about being awful, mm-hmm. but it's nice to, uh, it's nice that these, uh, this guy is like, hey, I accept that I suck. I'm just hanging out with my friends. Yeah. And so the whole song is really cute and fun. It's basically like, him being in right field and then play like them playing and him kind of being lonely and like the ball never comes to him <laughs> and like he's just thinking a lot and he forgets the score and he like thinks he imagines himself making a big play and then at the end he like that so catches sad. catches a ball it's like really sweet like i think it's <laughs> really so fun. pathetic um but it's so, it's so pathetic. So another part of the song, he goes, right field, it's easy, you know. You can be awkward and you can be slow. That's why I'm here in right field, just watching the dandelions grow. Jeez, man. <laughs> Oof. Uh, maybe uh, maybe we should well, You right can just field. like hang out after the game with your friends. You don't have to like degrade yourself. Did you ever have, this is like a thing that happens in youth sport, at least, at least in the U.S. I don't know about other countries, but kids who are not that good about in, in sports playing or t- tend to sit on the ground and just pick the flowers. Has that ever happened to you? Have I, you ever I never that? sat on the ground, but oh, for sure. people. Not you necessarily, but have you ever seen players? Like I remember yeah, my brother, with, my brother up. used to do that. Yeah. And it's such a, it's such a great image that I kind of forgot about. And it's like, what a classic. Like, the kid who doesn't really want to play sports, who's stuck playing sports, just picking flowers in the field. Iconic. Yeah. We love that image. What I feel like a Norman Do Rockwell. We? Or like, <laughs> or um, who's the other guy, the Saturday Evening Post guy? Is that? No, that's. I do not know. Uh, damn it. <laughs> Uh, interesting. It's a interesting. It's uh, yeah. It, it reminds me certainly of my days sucking uh at Little League. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a classic thing. Just a just a classic image. It's so cute. We love it. Norman Rockwell used to write, used to draw for the Saturday Evening Post as well. But you know, like the iconic American painter Norman yeah. Rockwell. It's like this that. Just that image of Americana, of just like a kid not paying attention, picking flowers. That's what we fight wars about. You know what I'm saying, dog? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> international listeners. USA, USA. <laughs> we were protecting that boy in right field. <laughs> My father died in Iraq. 
so that you can sit here and pick dandelions. <laughs> the kid's like, I just want to go home and watch cartoons. His like parents heckle him. His dad's like, get out on the field, all right? Your grandpa lost his leg in World War II, so you can stand up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, anyway. man. Um, yeah, interesting. I, when I played, I played this song for a second because I was thinking about picking it, and I was like, I, I don't like it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> they started singing. They started singing, and I was like, "Nope, can't do really." That. I was like, "It's just sweet. like the voices," and I was just like, "Uh." Uh-uh. It was cute. I smiled. I had like, I was like, "This is heartwarming," and that's the differences between you and me. I'm a bitter soul. Yeah. Uh, do you want to hear my third lyric? Yeah, I think I'm down for that. Do you have a YouTube comment here? Oh, I do have a YouTube comment. Sorry, I forgot. I told you that I had a YouTube comment that I didn't tell you what it was because it's. So this song is very sweet and lighthearted, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> the YouTube comment, sit back in your chair, listeners, okay? You're going to want to be sitting down for this. <laughs> when my dad laid down after his last meal, suffering from cancer. Jesus Christ. I asked if he wanted me to play him a song on the guitar, not knowing at the time that he would never wake up. Oh, my God. What? You're bringing everybody down, man. Oh, he, he said, yeah, I named a few songs. And as soon as I said, right field, he said, yeah, play right field. I did. And he fell asleep. And those were his last words. I'm like sad now. Well, yeah, that is like the <laughs> heaviest YouTube comment. Cause we have found some sad. pretty heavy YouTube comments in the past that have been like, I keep coming back to the song. Love has left my life. But this one song is the shining light that's gotten me through. Yeah. Or we got like, I relate to these lyrics. So much i'll never be happy again this well aside from being sad is also just like a poignant beautiful moment Mm -hmm. that it's when i can find these things on the internet and it's just like holy crap like that person just was super vulnerable and laid this on the line i'm like wow i i'm like honored to know that (laughs) like i'm just like jeez oh my god like out of all the songs on youtube i click on one and just get that comment and i'm like oh Jeez. Yeah, that's 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 a heavy fucking comment, dude. Let's get silly again, shall we? <laughs> yes, we let's get silly. <laughs> <laughs> um my third lyric comes from the song Paradise by the Dashboard Light Ooh. by the singer Meatloaf, aka yes. Meat. Mr. Mr. Loaf. Mr. Loaf. <laughs> Friends call him Meat, though. So we have talked about... I'm pumped that you're doing this song because we have talked about Meatloaf on the podcast, let's say, at least four times. <laughs> Too many times to mention Meatloaf. For no reason. And this is his big hit. This is like the song. Yep. The, song the song that I remember listening to in my car in the backseat when I was a child. Q104, yep. classic rock radio. Yeah, absolutely. play Paradise by the Dashboard all of the time. Yes. And you're about to quote the most iconic moment in the song. Can you give us some context here, baby? Well, so here's the context. Uh, a man is having a steamy moment with a lady. And uh, he is being, his encounter here is being narrated by, I think, what was an old Yankees announcer. Phil Rizzuto, right? He was an old yes, player. Yes, th- th- that's him. Yep. And an announcer, yeah. And uh, he's narrating, um, in baseball terms, what's going on in this uh, car where these two uh, fell- these two people are getting it on. 
Yeah, these and two consenting adults are having making love. In a and car. from what I understand about the song, uh, it, this is, um, I believe, this is like the man's perspective of what is is happening. We'll talk more about the song, but give me this. So this is like okay. make it, imagine like a man is having sex, and this is his internal monologue or something. Like yes, that. yes, exactly. <laughs> Okay, here we go. We got a real pressure cooker going on here. Two down, nobody on, no score. Bottom of the ninth. There's the wind up, and there it is. A line shot up the middle. Look at him go. This boy can really fly. He's rounding first and really turning it on now. He's not letting up at all. He's going to try for second. The ball is bobbled out in center, and here comes the throw. And what a throw. He's going to slide in ahead first. Here he comes. He's out. No, wait. Safe. Safe at second base. Love there's it. A, I believe there's, a lot there's more, more yeah. but I'm not going to do the whole thing because it's it, very long. It continues with, so he's safe at second, and then he tries for third, and then he steals third, and then he goes home, and he does, the batter bunts it, and the suicide squeezes on, so the player's running from third to home, and yeah. it's a really close play, and it ends up, holy cow, I think he's going to make it. Yes. And then and the he, woman in the song just yells, stop right there. Yeah. <laughs> so... Amazing moment to be like this person in his head is like it's baseball. Well, imagine being that much in your head. Like imagine like having a moment, like your your an intimate moment, and this your mind is so fucking loud, and it's just like everything, every move he makes with his hands and his like mouth is just like his brain is like there he goes, he's in first place, or like he's saying it out loud. (laughs) He's like he's like first base, okay. Yeah, it was like second base done. Third base, okay. You know, and that's why she's like, "Please stop right there." Stop that. <laughs> There's also like the, I don't know if you ever heard this thing. I, I, I think this is like one of those just classic like I don't know who said this first, but you know how like people are like if one of the things to supposedly last longer in the bedroom is to think about baseball. Yeah, have you heard that? Because baseball mm-hmm. is supposedly boring. Yeah, not, but it just I love that that's a thing that enough people know of that. Yeah, as an that's idea. yeah. That just is so <laughs> funny to me. That so this is him thinking about baseball, <laughs> but except he's thinking it in terms of like where he is in his like hookup. Yeah, this guy's watched too much baseball. He's been hanging out with like Kelly Nelly or he has Kelly. been. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's dated Kelly Nelly and she took him to yeah. too many baseball games. But so what's so funny about this is like this song. When I was a kid, was always on classic rock radio, and I never understood that this was a sexual metaphor. I would just Me be like, oh, baseball time. We're just cutting to a baseball game. Yep, yep. And then basically, where this gets even more fun is so the beginning of the song is Meatloaf like wanting to do it with this woman. It's <laughs> just funny they could call him Meatloaf, and basically they're having sex and they're about to like, basically like do it, do it. You know, they've they've. Um, Right, they're getting steamy, and they're, and they're about they're, to have sex. They're they're making out. They're hitting up all the bases, right? And he's mm-hmm. about. They're about to have sex, and then she says, "Stop right there." And she's like, "Do you love me?" That's the other part of the song. She's basically like, "Do you love me?" Yeah. And only if you love me, we can have sex. And Meatloaf is like, "Do we have to talk about this now? <laughs> Do we have to?" And then she's like, "You have to tell me you love me." So he says, "Okay, I love you." Then they have sex, and then the end of the song is him being like. I regret saying that now I'm with you for the rest of eternity in a loveless relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Iconic. (laughs) Mr. Loaf. 
Mr. Loaf, I'm sorry that that happened to you. Um, Who hurt you, Mr. Loaf? You know, I, I got to say, if you're going to have like that talk, do you love me? When the guy's pants are around his ankles, probably not the best time to bring that up. Um, or when Phil Rizzuto is in the backseat just narrating everything <laughs> happening and you're just like, like all right, Phil, you got to leave now. <laughs> okay. The reveal is, is the, like you pan out and he's actually saying it. He's actually in the back seat. He's like, um, and the woman's like, stop right there. Please leave. Please exit the vehicle. I like that imagery a lot. Yeah. Iconic song. Boys. <laughs> Go home and listen to Paradise by the Dashboard. If you've never heard it before. It's a classic, classic rock song. It's very good. Um. My fourth baseball lyric is from bum bum um. It is from Cheap Seats by the band Alabama. Now I didn't I, know this band at all. Yeah, I I had heard the name, but I I don't know what their biggest song is. I think they're like so apparently they're a country and southern rock band. Um I don't really know them, but the music video for this song is iconic. It is amazing. (laughs) It's sepia tinted and it's a bunch of like middle-aged men sitting in baseball seats, looking at the camera. And the lyric is the lyric. The song is basically about like small town America Mm -hmm. cheering for a minor league team because they're in a small town that doesn't have a major league team cheering for this minor league team, not really caring if they win or lose and just getting drunk at the ball game, which is a vibe. And the chorus is, we like our beer flat as can be. Why? (laughs) Why do you like that? We like our dogs with mustard and relish. We got a great pitcher. What's his name? Well, we can't even spell it. Probably drinking (laughs) all that flat beer. Yeah. So basically just like, I don't give a shit really like, but it's that vibe where everything's slightly not great. Everything is like second tier. You know, minor league, small town, flat beer. Mustard yeah. and relish does slap, so I'm, I'm confused about that. They, they have pride in their pitcher. They're rowdy at the ball game. They probably yell at him, but they actually don't know who his name, what his name what is. What his name is. <laughs> well, so, yeah, it's that, that like, it's it's sort of like, uh, it's it's Bruce-esque, but yes. it sounds like they kind of have, they have pride in that. Where Bruce is like, I want to escape. They're just like, hey... We like our beer flat. We like our town small. Yeah. We like think, our pitchers with names we don't know. I think Bruce sometimes gets this vibe, but the song is also just like less s- cynical and less like less cynical, but like it's very prideful in this. And I don't know. Have you ever been to like a minor league baseball game in the small town oh, yeah. of America? Uh, so when I was in high school band, heard of it Hmm. we used to play uh sometimes we would play the national anthem at long island ducks games Hmm. and the long island Ducks. yeah that's not even minor league that's like independent ball (laughs) oh i thought it was nerd i thought it was minor league (laughs) it's not even in the mlb tier system wow well we used to go see uh we used to go play at the ducks games and i gotta say um i got out of there the second we hit that last note. I was like, goodbye. 
I'm not uh, watching a fucking Long Island Ducks game. No offense, Long Island Ducks. But there's also, some minor league baseball and independent baseball is known for amazing logos and team names that are just crazy, crazy. Are the Cyclones minor league? Yeah, they're but they're like in Coney Island. My favorite minor league team is the Montgomery Biscuits, and their <laughs> logo is a nice buttery biscuit. With googly eyes, and its mouth is a piece of butter stuck between two biscuit halves. That is unhinged, and yeah. I love it. That is so, unhinged. <laughs> there's like hundreds of minor league baseball teams, and like so, they're known for that. They're known for small town vibes, and like having insane names, and having like crazy promo nights. Like the Brooklyn Cyclones have Seinfeld night, where they every year they have a Seinfeld night where they give a Seinfeld bobbleheads and like have oh, Seinfeld themed jerseys and stuff. Have, I like, gotta the go to soup that. Nazis here as a guest and stuff like that. <laughs> I gotta go to that. They had Shooter McGavin Knight, who's the villain from Happy yes. Gilmore, and I was yes. just like, amazing. That's great. Anyway, so a later lyric in the song. So talking about small town baseball, then he talks about small town bands, and he goes, "That local band is back in town. They got a kind of minor league sound. They're not that bad. Not that. They're not that good." But all in all, it's understood. We want to dance. They want to play. We wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, I listened to this song, and I think the exact same thing about this song. Not that bad. Not that good. I just, I love that self-awareness. It's just that awareness of being like, you don't have to be that good. You don't, it's like this baseball team, we're, eh, they're not the, they're like minor league team. This band in like... Knoxville, Tennessee is like fine. This They're beer is great. 75 degrees, but hey, it was two beer. bucks. Yeah. Yeah. This podcast, the lyric boys, you know, it's, it's no cereal, but like it'll do for now. <laughs> One of us will be murdered though. Oh man. It becomes a true crime podcast. <laughs> yes. But I just love that vibe. It's like, okay, you're not that good, but we're kind of drunk. We have a social contract tonight. You're going to dance. We're going to play and it's going to be like, amazing. Yeah. Bar band, bar band vibe. I bar, yeah, post COVID, yeah, sure. I'm excited for bar band vibes. Yeah, me too. I don't care how bad they are or whatever song they're covering, or even if they're playing Journey. Although that's a little bit much for me, but I'll be like, yes, <laughs> kings. Do you want to hear my fourth lyric? Yes, Slugger, hit it. Oh, this is from. So this is a classic song from the Les Brown Orchestra. I don't know them mm-hmm. that well, but everybody knows. Or at least like this song is like part of yeah. baseball lore. It's Jolton baby. Joe. Yeah. Jolton Joe DiMaggio, who is a Yankee. And uh, the lyric is, he started baseball's famous streak that got us all aglow. He's just a man and not a freak. Jolton Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> so this is an homage to a man who they clearly very much look up to and they're celebrating him in song and America is celebrating him. And they'd say he's not a freak, which is like, okay, that's good to say that he's not a freak, but also there's definitely like more flattering ways to say that you like someone than saying, like, if you're just like, (laughs) do you love me? Well, you're not a freak. Like, okay. So, so Joe DiMaggio is known for, he's in so many songs, so many of these songs. Mm -hmm. It's insane. He's known for having a lot, like for the longest time had the, he has like the longest hit streak. Was it 
ever in in baseball games. So like he had like a ton of games in a row with hits. Nice. So they're talking about he's known for that streak, um, but he's not a man. He's not you know he's just a man. He's not a freak. There's something so funny about the word freak. Now, my mom, especially uses, in this context, yeah, my mom uses the word freak to describe someone who's a big fan of something. So growing up, she'd constantly be like, "Oh, Lucian, he's like a whatever freak," and sometimes it could create the funniest sentences. Like a couple of years ago, she called me a Christmas freak because I was enjoying <laughs> like spending the holidays and like helping out. I'm just imagining. It, like the mascot of the flyers gritty yeah as santa with like his crazy eyes and he's throwing presents everywhere and he's just like screaming and she's like lucian you're a christmas freak and she means it like nice but it's like am i a christmas freak like i think there's other people who get freakier and crazier about christmas than i do and yet i'm a freak apparently (laughs) mom i'm not a freak okay Please. Doing this podcast, she'd be like, oh, you guys are lyric freaks, aren't you? (laughs) Music freaks. And it's just like, I'm not. There's something, yes, subtly insulting, subtly biting about that. Yeah. To just be like, instead of like a music fan or a stan, a music aficionado, a music freak, where it's like, there's something a little bit wrong about how much you love music, about how much you love Christmas. There's something a little bit Mm -hmm. fucked up. (laughs) <laughs> about how much you love Santa Claus. Yeah, it's like you're having an intervention. It's like, Lucian, you're a music freak, and we need to get you out into the real world. Look at your look at your iPod. Look at how many songs are on your iPod. You want to know my... Uh, you still have an iPod. That should tell you something. You want to know my fifth and final? Give it to me. So I figured I'd pick from Meet the Mets. You know the song Meet the Mets? Oh, yeah. Now, Meet the Mets, if you don't know, if you're an international listener and this whole podcast has been confusing as hell to you, because it will be. The New York Mets are... it's in English. <laughs> you're like, I only You've speak made it Korean. This <laughs> You've made and it this far. And yet I listen <laughs> to the Lyric Boys podcast. <laughs> It's my one piece. It's my one entryway into American culture. Is our is the Lyric Voice podcast? Um. So the Mets, the New York Mets, are a baseball team, and this is their theme song, basically. So they play it like every game, and it's fucking catchy as shit. So "Meet the Mets" was written in 1961, and it was written by Ruth Robbers and Bill Katz, and there was this official song of the Mets contest. And this song beat 18 other songs out. And apparently these people are a, a sports writing, songwriting duo. They had they wrote a song before this called Mr. Touchdown USA. <laughs> and another okay. song called I Love Mickey, but Mickey Mantle. And another song called It's a Beautiful Day for a Ball Game. Mm. So all those songs I'm sure are great, but they really peaked with Meet the Mets. I want to hear what those and other 18 songs were. I'm not going to do... Yeah. Meet the Mets is one of those songs, like, take me out to the ball game that I've just known my whole life and have thought about my whole life and knew the lyrics. And it's basically about, like, the opening lyrics of Meet the Mets is, meet the Mets, meet the Mets, step right up and greet the Mets, bring your kitties, bring your wife, guaranteed to have the time of your life, because the Mets are really... Sock in the ball. 
knocking those home runs over the wall. So amazing. We love that, right? Mm. So later in the song, talking about the east side, the west side, everyone in New York City coming out to see the Mets. And the lyric is, oh, the butcher and the baker and the people on the streets. Where did they go? To meet the Mets. All right. So I just want to pull that for a second. Mm-hmm. Imagine you wake up and you leave your New York City apartment and everyone is gone. Like, <laughs> like a zombie world. apocalypse. Yes. And like there's like tumbleweeds, right? That are <laughs> yeah. just like somehow suddenly in the city. And you're like, oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> what? Where is everybody? And there's just like this person who's like bruised and battered and just was like, they all went to meet the Mets. And you turn like on the, the news and the, and, this poor, and the anchor is like, we have a travesty here. 8.5 million people has descended on City Field. <laughs> it's pandemonium. It's chaos. People have been trampled. They're so excited to meet the Mets. There's probably about a million people dead right now. One thing, um, if, if you're an aficionado of the, the movie franchise Sharknado, there's an amazing scene in Sharknado 2 that takes place at City Field where Richard Kind, the character actor, hits a shark over the fence with the baseball bat. So that's kind of amazing. the vibe as well. Sharknado 2 is a great movie. With Yes, it's an amazing movie. But so another funny thing about the song to me is the idea of meeting the Mets. No one says that about going to see a game. All right. No one's like, hey, what are you and like Stieglitz doing this afternoon? It's like, oh, we're going out to meet the Mets. It's like, um, what do you mean? Like, oh, we're just going to go like sit in the cheap seats and watch like some extremely high paid players play baseball. And then they're going to like go in the limo and we're going to take this train home. So like, I don't get that. Well, I'm picturing like an autograph session, yeah. perhaps. I guess also because the song was like released when the Mets just started, so they're introducing the Mets to New York City, and they're like, "Come on and meet the Mets!" Like, I feel like we need an update of the song at this point, right? We need like the Mets, you know, in love. You know, you've already met the Mets. Now it's time to love and support, continuously support the Mets. Yes, we've updated the song to meet 2021 standards. It's love and support the Mets. I saw like either the 90s or 80s. It said that they made a hip hop version basically to appease the kids. Oh, no. So I got to find that at some point. Oh, my God. That's there's bound to be some racist imagery in that. Well, there's something funny also about meet the Mets in terms of just like a little outdated imagery that's like. It's a song for men. It, 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 bring your like, kitties, bring your wife. In hetero, yeah, and like basically like men in like classic 1960s heterosexual yeah. marriages, right? Hey, white men, you want to meet the Mets? Bring, sure, kids, buddy. bring your wife. Like they'll just sit. You like, I don't know, give them alcohol and peanuts and cracker jacks to entertain them. But yeah. you're meeting the Mets. You work hard all week. Don't you want to meet the Mets? Well, sure do. Bring the kitties, bring the wife. How you like Damn. my old timey voice? I really like it. <laughs> you want to hear my voice. last lyric? I do, King. My last lyric uh, is from the song "Cubs in Five by this '90s like indie band called the Mountain Goats. 
Yes. I guess that's what they were, right? Yes. Yes. Um, I don't know the band too well, but I know that they've been around. And, I don't know uh, them too well, and I know they're known for like funny lyrics and like mm. humorous, um, interesting lyrics. Yeah. So this song uh, goes, and the Chicago Cubs will beat every team in the league, and the Tampa Bay Bucks will make it all the way through January. And I will love you again. I will love you like I used to. I will love you again. Uh, looks like he's going to have to start loving somebody again because those two things have happened. So I was looking at the song too because I was thinking about picking it. And it's basically a list of improbable things. <laughs> yeah. So like other things are like they're going to find intelligent life on the moon. The Canterbury Tales will become like the bestseller list and stay there for 37 weeks. The Cubs will win the world series and the Bucks will be playing playoff football. All right. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Just these are American sports teams, right? Yeah. And then <laughs> just he making will love the playoffs. <laughs> then he will love this person again. So it's very funny to me that, yeah, like this image is like, these things are never going to happen. So I'm never going to have to love this person again. And it's How like, insulting well, is that too to the Cubs and the Bucks to just be like you guys are so bad? It basically the fact you winning anything <laughs> is like the Canterbury Tales making a thirty-seven week top reading list. Yeah. So I mean, to international listeners, the Cubs went from nineteen oh eight to two thousand sixteen without winning a World Series, and so they, you know, one hundred and eight years between World Series. Um, and they beat Jamie's Cleveland team. Ooh. Oh, wow. So, but what is funny is like the Cubs won the World Series somewhat recently and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just won the Super Bowl this year. So I like the idea that this person, after writing this song in like 95 and it's now it's like 2021, they hit up this person. They're like, yo, so like, I still love you again, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like after like 20 something years. So like, oh man. You know, watching Tom Brady throwing that ball has got me really thinking about uh, about us and how we used to be. I saw the way that they slid into second base, and I was like, that's what I used to do to you. <laughs> she <laughs> hangs up the phone. <laughs> She's like, yep. Uh, it's actually just this person who's like, uh, she hasn't lived here for 20 years, but uh, that was beautiful, man. I hope She's you find her. She's been dead for 20 years. <laughs> wow. Five lyrics... In five lyrics out, how time this a, flies. This was a super packed episode. Yeah, this was massive. <laughs> so normally at this point in the podcast, Andrew and I create our own lyrics in the style of whoever's lyrics we were doing. But because we talked about all these baseball lyrics, I'm gonna say let's create our own baseball lyrics, but let's not write them down. We normally take a minute or two to write. Let's just come up with these off the dome. All right, okay. all right. You I, like, that? I like doing that. That's that's fun to me. So off the dome baseball lyrics. Should I just try it, or do you want to try first? Let me go first. All right. Okay. Wow. This will be in I the like style that. of an old timey recruiter. Okay. Well, I slid into second. All right. Hold on. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I slid into second, and do you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking about those mighty Mets, and I slid into third, and you told me the word, the word that I wanted to hear. Let's go to the ball game. 
Let's see. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> I like when we improvise it. It's so bad. We we need like clearly thirty seconds, but <laughs> I was there for I was there for this. I wanted to make it like meatloaf's style of sexual innuendo, but yeah. then I just abandoned that in the middle. <laughs> You're just like take me up to the game. <laughs> I slid into third, and then I decided it's time for a baseball game. You know, all this, all this hooking up has got me thinking we should stop and go to a game. (laughs) Damn. Baseball sounds fun. Yeah. All right. This will be in the style of, hmm, let's go with just like general baseball revelry. Okay. My cousin Teddy is on the Brewers. His cousin, Freddie, he said he hardly knew her. (laughs) Oh. Who am I talking about? Well, it's clear as daylight. I'm talking about the owner. (laughs) The owner of the Brewers. (laughs) (laughs) She's not just a cousin of a cousin. She's my best friend. We sit in the sweets this and we eat lots of treats. Are you writing this down as <laughs> No, I'm doodling. Oh. The minute I saw the Brewers last night, I knew that baseball was such a delight. All of this cheering and general revelry. Honey, it seems I found the best sport for me. Wow. <laughs> that was good. That was good. That was really good. And I'm not done. Oh. I'm drinking cold beers and keeping score. Oh no, it's over. But I want some more. So I traveled to Indianapolis where it's hours behind. And I finish the ball game. And I feel happy inside. We like it. Yay. <laughs> so yeah, I think I somewhat saved it from that pretty awful intro, I'd say. Can I do, let me do one more. Yeah. I took my son to a baseball game. We sat behind home plate. <laughs> After the game was done, I looked to my son and he said, that was great. The problem was I drank 11 beers and now I can't drive home. Oh dear. Oh dear. Beautiful. That's the day my son learned to drive. <laughs> my son was seven. We got pulled over and I got I spent the night in jail. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, I taught my son how to drive. And you're like, dad, I was seven and you were hammered. <laughs> And I had to make the one phone call from jail because you were too drunk to hold the phone. (laughs) Wow. What a time. All right. So play ball. I had to say it at some point. So we hope this episode was a grand slam. We hope it knocked it out of the proverbial park. 
We hope that you are just jazzed for more Lyric Boys action. That's not a baseball pun. But we hope that the Lyric Boys become your pastime. That's a baseball pun. So if you want to become a fan of my favorite podcast team, the Lyric Boys, <laughs> why don't you go and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. So wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, you can just subscribe and follow and you'll be able to watch and, and listen to every Lyric Boys episode that comes out. You could be a Lyric Boys super fan and watch every single one and you can meet the Lyric Boys. Oh my God. Step right up because we're doing comedy lyrical analysis. I don't know what we're doing. Anyway, just do that. I'm done making baseball puns. The baseball part of this episode is officially over. Now it's just straight up social media promoting. So we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and we're on all those platforms at the Lyric Boys, and we post clips of the episodes and, and things to entice you and uh, make you feel nice. And <laughs> we're there if you want to DM us or whatever. And um, yes, I'm on uh, Twitter at NYC Lucian. That's where I am if you want to see me, my personality, you know. If you want to get some swinging, rocking tunes like the one you hear right now. Well, head on over to freelancerbandny.bandcamp.com. Uh, Freelancer is my musical project where I make music. And uh, if you like it, you can get it. It's free and you can listen. And uh, all you have to do is tell me how much you love me. I love and it. you can download the songs. But, but that's what your- you have to do. I loved your cover of Lana Del Rey's Mariner's Apartment Complex. Thank that, you. The guitar solo in it got me hype. I was I was feeling that. I loved it. Thank you. I'm very good at guitar. All right, Lyric Boys fans, have a good night. Play ball, home run. See you later. <laughs>